This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I have a wonderful guest today who's going to be talking to us about relationships relationships and how our anxiety can get into that. So let me introduce today's very special guest. Amy Leo is a singer-songwriter, keynote speaker, mental health educator, and music community leader who is all about making music and life fun again. Amy is also the host of Escaping the Rat Race podcast, which is all about pushing the boundaries into what's possible for human beings in an experiential journey toward more joy, peace, clarity, and freedom. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. It's really a pleasure to be with you today. And as we talked a little bit before the show, it's a topic that's so fresh for me in my life, love, relationships, anxiety, my old habits of thinking very perfectionistically about it. So hopefully I can offer some value today for listeners. Oh, absolutely. And this show will be coming out in February. And no matter what time it is in February, people are thinking hearts and flowers and all of that fun, like love Cupid kind of stuff. And it makes everyone reflect on uh, romantic relationships. Now, we have many relationships in our lives, right? But maybe people are thinking this month more about their romantic relationships. And you just mentioned anxiety, Amy, and so maybe we can just start there. How does anxiety get its little tentacles into our, let's say, romantic relationships? How does it wiggle in there? Yeah, well, that is the the gift and the curse of being human, right? We can yeah. we can have any pattern of thinking, and it can affect us in a myriad amount of creative ways. So I think I just have this inspiration to to just share this fact. I think there's a really big misconception that finding love or tapping into our own inner wisdom takes time and work. Mm -hmm. And I really want to invite listeners to question if that's really true. Because what that misses out on is the fact that every human being throughout time, throughout gender, culture, 
socioeconomic status has had the ability for insight, for fresh thinking to arise in the moment that then allows them to see themselves and the world completely differently. So I wanted to kind of maybe give some context about that and just share a little bit of my personal story with relationships. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> usually usually helps to, to make me human. I'm, I, I want to, <laughs> again, tell listeners and reaffirm that I don't think I'm some kind of guru. I'm very human. And I just happened to stumble upon an understanding for being human that has been just incredibly impactful in my life. And one of those areas has been relationships. Yeah. So I am almost 30 years old now. And I actually had a lot of thinking that I didn't want to get married. So it might be opposite than what sometimes we're told that quote unquote, all women want, right? Again, we're stereotyping, we're making that up. Not everyone is completely individualized. So I didn't want to get married. I actually even, my fiance actually caught a video I did, Gina, a year, a little over a year ago before I met him that said that there's basically no point in finding your soulmate. There's no such thing. So why even bother? <laughs> okay, so that's <laughs> good catch. That's the thinking that I, I it's, it's hilarious. He was watching it and I thought, oh my gosh, a little embarrassing, but it was funny because it shows the human capacity at work, right? It shows the fact that any human being, again, just like I said, has the ability to see something new. And all of my thinking around that has completely dissipated. It has completely dropped. And the beauty of it, Gina, I didn't have to do anything for that to happen. I didn't have to work on myself. For years, I thought that there was something wrong with me. I had a lot of thinking that was projecting my current moment thinking onto the future, right? So and, that, and, and that's what makes thought so powerful. That is how the human system works. What we think, consciously or unconsciously, it's brought to life in our body, so it's absolutely real for us. But beginning to see that there's actually no truth in that, that it's literally just thought passing through like birds in the sky. You don't see, you know, the sun getting angry because there are birds in the sky. It's a bad metaphor, right. but no. you know where I'm going with it. <laughs> you know, it's it nature doesn't doesn't do that. It, it naturally allows the birds to fly through. It naturally allows weather. And the more that I have seen and people I work with have seen the universal nature of thought and consciousness, the more that again, it just doesn't make sense anymore to believe all of that loaded thinking. So Okay, one thing that's that's coming to mind to again give more context to to listeners. We'll, we'll make it a real life story. I was sitting with a client two weeks ago, beautiful human being, and one area for her that she really gets stuck in, almost like a hamster wheel, is she reported that that's with relationships, yeah. with men in relationships. For some reason, her anxiety just it, it just gets out of control, and she's so grounded in all these areas, but this is her one area. And as I was sitting with her and just listening, Gina, I can't tell you how big of an impact it makes to show up to an, with another human being without an agenda. Yes. So this is another area I really invite listeners to explore. This sounds so simple, but the impact is enormous. It's infinite. When you start to show up, what's naturally there is connection. 
Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Yes. When you aren't living in your personal thinking in the sense of you're not taking it seriously, right? It's not that I don't have thoughts anymore. It's not that I try to get them out of my head, but my relationship to my thinking has absolutely transformed because I see the root source of where they're coming from. Um, and the nature. So they're always coming from the inside out. That's just how it works, right? I'm a closed vessel. (laughs) My brain is sitting in an amphitheater in my skull with the only input that it's getting from my senses. But by that very nature, Gina, I am biased. And that has been so helpful to really see that I'm never objectively true about anything. I'm always filtering my experience. And that brings a lot of humility, again, not with trying to, but it no longer makes sense to perhaps take everything your partner or your love interest does so personally. Now, I know when you are in it, it's difficult to not take things personally. I get, get that. However, again, it's always changing, right? And the more that you look at your own relationship with thought and consciousness, what's going on within you, you begin to just see those thoughts and be like, oh gosh, there goes another one. I'm not going down that thought train because that's going to lead to a panic attack or that's going to lead to me losing a night's sleep. So there's a little bit of kindness in the human design that I see now that I didn't see before, admittedly, Gina. I was really uncomfortable feeling anxious. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. But there's a kindness there in the sense of it's just alerting me that the current thought train that I'm on isn't going to be taking me down a helpful road because honestly, 99% of the things I think or that I'm fearful about, I'm really not physically in any imminent danger. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so escapes us when we have the what you were talking about we're from the inside out but we our senses are picking up maybe a slight cue maybe a word from a relationship from a partner from something and but it is our inside interpretation that begins to ramp us up 
a little bit to can you talk a little bit about getting some space from that because that seems you just described such a beautiful way that it happens and how how do we get a little bit of space from when that starts up and you don't get want to go stay on that train right how do you how do you get off the train how do you get some space maybe you don't get on the train maybe you see it first (laughs) tell us amy Right. Well, it depends on what level of consciousness we have, right? Because there are times where we, we just won't see it, but, yeah. but but that's okay. You know, I realized myself, I had a real giggle insight, you know, and I realized I, I was taking being human really personally. I was thinking <laughs> that I was doing things really wrong and that everyone else had a clue of how to live and I did not. So that's the thing. So there are some times where you won't see it, but there will be other times because this is just how the nature of thought and being human works. Yes, it is and flowing all the time. It's constantly changing. So when we have a moment where it maybe is a little more spacious, right? It's not as loaded. It can be really helpful to see. I I like to think of it as an analogy like this. I like to think of our mind as like a Facebook feed, right? Oh, Lord. So, (laughs) so Facebook's algorithms. Now I'm not like a computer programmer by any means, but Facebook's algorithms, what you like, it's going to show you more of. So that's how our brain works. What we believe already to be true, it's literally that our senses are going to bring us proof of that showing up. Yes. But it isn't true, right? Essentially, we're all making up unconsciously most of the time, right? It's not something we're efforting to do, but we are really making up our experience. Everything is interpretation. For me, I've really seen a direct link between my thinking and my feeling state. And and when I first thought about this and I first saw this show up in my life, I, I got really almost more loaded. Well, exactly what you said, you know, well, what do I do with that? Yeah. I know better, quote unquote, right? <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, humility again, right? <laughs> right. You are human. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know better. And then what I've seen is that every human being is just doing the best they can with the level of thinking they have in a moment. Right. And that I don't need to prove myself. For years, I thought I did. Or I thought I needed to get the attention of that guy. And if he didn't text me back in, in a time that I thought was reasonable, like especially now, it's, you know, it's terrible because it shows if someone's read your message, right? Oh, holy cow. <laughs> then we really create a story, right? Oh, my gosh. And the guy was probably just taking a nap, right? Or right. at the gym. And, and we're thinking that, oh, gosh, he was out with so-and-so or all this. Or I mean, the beauty of that, in a way, is you can have a hundred different people that have that experience mm-hmm. of someone reading a text and not responding back right away. And you'll have a hundred different feelings for that because we really are living in separate realities. So getting space, the more you look in this direction – Instead of looking to the busy, habitual, extremely habitual thinking, right? Your Facebook feed that's been going on. You've seen that story posted for the last 10 years about how you're no good and how every guy leaves you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It allows you to, you don't have to like the post. You, you don't have to laugh at it or cry. You just let it be what it is. And in, invariably what happens is it frees up the human system for more fresh thinking. Yeah. Boy, isn't that the way? It frees it up. And that's all we need is to have it freed up, to get out of the way. That's so, yes. Yeah. That's been my experience anyway. And what I saw was, because I mean, I come from a background of 
psychology I studied in school. I worked as a social worker. I do enjoy the personal development field and the mindfulness community. Those things are really valuable. And I've also seen that I actually don't have to do anything in some moments, that sometimes by doing something, I'm just revving up that thinking more. I'm keeping that thinking feeling system alive. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about that here, Amy, that it we have to stop doing. That's the question all the time. What can I do? And I even asked you, okay, so now what's next, right? And the real thing that we need to do is to take that step back, to get out of the way, let things be, let ourselves be, right? Yeah, there's Don't. such a greater kindness there, really. It's worth exploring for yeah. our listeners. Yeah. Spoken from one perfectionist, recovering perfectionist, to maybe some listeners <laughs> on the podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. and isn't uh, and those are the people who suffer with a lot of different things. People who are perfectionist, right? They want, they believe that things should be different. It it should not be mm. this way, and there's so mm. much pain in that, right? Yeah, and that what I've seen is really the recipe for for human suffering. And here's the beauty of it: it's innocent. It makes sense. It's mm-hmm. our it's our body trying to feel better. So even if you have a behavior that you don't like, whether it's, I don't know, drinking even or overanalyzing or losing sleep, there you know, you can let yourself off the hook a little and just know that you did the best that you could in that moment. And that this is corny, Gina, but it's true. Your next moment, you don't know what you're going to think. So that is the biggest flaw in trying to predict the future, which we all do. But the future of a relationship, let's say, Mm -hmm. you don't know what that circumstance is really going to be. And you don't know what you're going to be thinking in the future. So you begin to see that it makes less and less sense to ruminate, overanalyze, to try to control. And I speak because I used to live this way. Mm No good solutions for me really came from that. It's a different quality, right? The thinking that we do has a different feeling than the thinking that comes to us. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Can you explore that a little bit? The thinking that we do being different from the thinking that we, what did you say, let happen? Yeah. It's like the thinking thinking that that we be, the thinking that we are versus us. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Open that up a little bit. That's very interesting. That's, I love that you just said the thinking that we are. That's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So if, if we, again, I I sound like a broken record and it seems obvious, but, but the thing is when someone sees this for themselves, it's extremely powerful. And here's the thing. I know I can't have any impact on how your listeners hear this episode, right? Right. So that's also, I will get back to answering the question. I'm kind of going on a tangent, but it's where my mind's going. I'm sorry, Gina. No, you're perfect. (laughs) It's constantly flowing, baby. This is what I mean. (laughs) But okay. But but one area, again, of suffering that I've seen universally, again, it's wanting to be somewhere else different than where we are. And the underlying premise there is that that we will be better right? That we'll somehow get out of feeling bad, that we'll be happier, that we'll feel more secure. But no matter what happens, whether you find the love of your life or you're on your third divorce, your human system is going with you all the way, meaning you are still going to have moments of 
low mood, and you're still going to have moments of openness and spaciousness and inspiration, no matter what your circumstance is. And we kind of know this to be true, but we don't talk like this is true, right? We act like, oh my gosh, the kids are stressing me out or that job promotion. Oh my gosh, if I only get there, then I'll be secure. (laughs) Now, it's not to say those things aren't, aren't cool. It's not you know, it's fun to set goals. But if we think that our well-being is caught up in that or finding the perfect soulmate or keeping the perfect soulmate, we're going to get lost. We're going to get lost. And that takes kindness to get out of that. It takes accepting the humanness um, of who we are. We have a few more minutes left, and I'm hoping that you could share some kindness, some ways that you were kind to yourself and were able to ease up on yourself. It's such, uh, it comes up in relationships a lot. If I were just different, or maybe if I did Mm. something better, I changed. And there is no kindness in that. Um, So how do we, how do we be a little easier on ourselves? It's easy to talk about. And I know we talk about it here a lot. Self-compassion, self-kindness, self-love and do you have do you remember any shifts that you made or possible light bulb moments that you had yeah well I, I think that's the key and that answers more of what you you originally asked me it's that when you look to what's constant and that isn't our circumstances that isn't our love life because even I'm completely in love with this man that just proposed to me but at some point Gina we will be separated whether that's through death or whatever that is so the security the love the kindness it isn't in looking to things that are ever changing like our thinking like our partners like our career circumstances or like our bank account dare i say right it's looking to what's constant and what is constant for every human being is that we're living in the quality of our thinking, that we all have access to this infinite energy, this greater intelligence. And here was an aha moment that may relate to this that talks again about that space of, again, the differentiation of the thinking we do versus the thinking that comes to us. I, when I started learning about neuroscience, really became an atheist, essentially. I thought it was all the brain, et cetera. And then I realized I was at a talk and some gentleman was talking about the mystery of life and the fact that you have these two cells that come together and there's an intelligence there that then differentiates the heart cells and the brain cells. So there is an, a wisdom there. There is an intelligence. What, whatever word that people use isn't important. We're talking about the same thing. And the fact that we use that energy, you know, quantum physicists will call this the field of potential, that we're, we're using that energy, that it's moving through us, through, con- through consciousness and thought. And that's creating our moment-to-moment experience. Again, it just allows for more kindness and for stepping off the gas pedal. Right. And it just begins to occur to people to do. Right, So this is a gentle process of learning, too. It comes easily with understanding. And if you haven't understood a word that I've said about this, that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. That's where you are, and that's totally fine. You know. And just to bring it really quickly, I know we're running out of time, but I wanted to end it with a bow tie of relationships. 
one thing my sweetheart said, okay, so we've had just this miraculous love story, which maybe I can share at another time or folks can can read on, on my blog or on the radio. I think it's quite fun, but of course I'm biased. Well, you feel but, free to share whatever, Amy. Always have time for you, love. <laughs> it's just so funny because it was this 100-degree turnaround of now I'm engaged and can't wait to marry this man, you know, going from that. But anyways, so he would, uh, when we first got together, he comes from a culture where they don't even really have psychology. So going to a psychologist was like crazy to him. He would never talk to a stranger about his problems. And when I started talking in this way, he got really confused. And he had moments of insecurity like we all do, and it manifested in different ways, sometimes as anger, sometimes as being quiet. And the beauty of it is this. When you sit with a human being without an agenda, because the truth is, Gina, it didn't matter to me if he gets what I'm talking about or not. You just love the person and not the behavior because no one's behavior is going to be quote unquote perfect all the time. And what ironically happened is he had this insight sitting on the couch. He said, oh my God, this is true. Thought creates feeling. (laughs) And from there, what's really practical about this in relationships is he started to see that when I'm in a low mood, it has nothing to do with him. And he doesn't take it personally. So then you don't have two people that are in low, insecure moods trying to communicate. That's not a good idea, guys. (laughs) You know, we've been told communication is the key. But if you're in that constricted, loaded, uh, low mood, it's, it's not the best time. And the more that you get experience with this and leaning into what your intuition tells you or leaning into that space, the more you start to trust it. And it's a really beautiful, organic process. You know, and, and it's it's hopeful. You know, it's simple in a way, maybe not easy to see, but when people see it, it it, it does become really organic, and it's just really beautiful to see. Oh, Amy, that was a beaut. That's beautiful, and I want to underline when you can follow your intuition and lean in. And I I really thank you for saying those words because. We don't live in a culture where we do that all the time or even often. So, oh, yes. Yeah. I hope that everyone is going to be able to take a page out of Amy's book here. This, this would be a great podcast to listen to again and really just let it soak in. I love one of the reasons I like having Amy on the show and talking with her myself is that she has such a joyful way of sharing how she sees the world now and how we can all benefit from giving ourselves a chance to let it be. And Amy, before I let you go, I want to ask you if there's somewhere that my listeners can find out more about the work that you're doing and um, how they can access you online. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Everything's on the website. We just got a brand new website. So it has the Escaping the Rat Race with Amy Leo podcast on there. And we also have some really fun, exciting events. We have a webinar coming up on the 20th. And what I'm really excited about, we're actually doing a five-day retreat where people are going to be able to get out of their everyday habits and thinking, and it can be immensely helpful. And we're going to really dive deep into healing. So moving from heartbroken to true lasting healing, that's going to be in Amsterdam at the end of May. So the 25th of May to the 29th, but people can get that information on the website, which is amyleo.com. Again, amyleo.com. Or folks can email me at ratrace.com 
at amyleo.com. I'm really all about escaping the rat race of love and relationships and money <laughs> because those are two sticky areas for a lot of us. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, those sound like wonderful events coming up, Amy. And uh, the retreat that you're doing, is that only in person or can they do that online somehow? There's also going to be a live stream option as well as a recorded option as well, because I know some people may not be able to take, even though they might want to, but it might not be realistic to take five days. So we will make those resources available. So I really encourage listeners to reach out if it sounds interesting. Oh, fabulous. And I'm sure that people will reach out. So Amy Leo, once again, thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Gina, for the work you do in the world. It's, it's truly fantastic. And now for today's quote. Love is not a feeling. It is a great power, an intelligence to which we are all heir and have been forever called. And that's from Anne Hillman. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com.